Welcome to the Creating Responsible Companies podcast bonus episode with John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneurs on Fire. And this episode is called The Value of Sustainability to Business. We are so excited. We are so excited because John Lee Dumas, for those who don't know, has an award-winning podcast, like a million downloads a month. He's recorded 2,000 episodes, and he's somebody that has we've had as a guide for us in listening to him over the last few years, actually, in our business. And a really good guy and a little sustainably focused yeah. in his own life, which you'll hear about in just a few minutes. That's right. Welcome to the Creating Responsible Companies podcast, where we equip, empower, and encourage business leaders, CSR professionals, and everyday superheroes with uncomplicated tools to create more socially and environmentally responsible companies. Now, here are your hosts, Barbara Anderson and Janet Craig. Hi, I'm Barbara Anderson. I'm one of the founding partners of Destination Better, and we bring you the Creating Responsible Companies podcast. And I am Janet Craig, the other founding partner of Destination Better. And like we said, we were so excited to talk to JLD. It's just a, as he would say in his own, um, in his own podcast, this is a podcast that is full of value bombs. A masterclass. It was kind of like a celebrity crush for us, honestly, <laughs> because he's been such a great guide in our journey. Yeah, it was really great. So uh, what you're going to hear about today, um, and we want you to listen to the very end. So don't forget that um, because we've got some good stuff, yeah. uh, good stuff at the end. His perspective on really um, the value of incorporating CSR in a company of any size, whether you're a startup, whether you're an entrepreneur that listens to JLD like we do. Mm-hmm. pretty much all the time. Um, and how he personally lives sustainably, which was really cool, and why, and how he sees uh, a reprioritization of, um, of consumers in their buying habits as a driver for companies to incorporate CSR into their own companies. That's right. Uh, we kind of saw a little bit behind the scenes. I think we, we like did. really had a really fun conversation with him that we think you're really going to enjoy. And at the end of this, we'll give you some nuggets for how anyone can incorporate this into this their business and kind of make it their own. And if you're so inclined, you can actually see JLD, which he often just does audio. So the video is kind of fun uh, of the interview that we did with him. So that's available on YouTube. But let's go to hear JLD now. What's up, ladies? Hey, JLD. Long time, no chat. (laughs) That's right. It's so great to have you on Destination Better's podcast, Creating Responsible Companies. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm fired up to be here and I just can't wait. Awesome. Well, I know that we've told you this before, but when Barbara and I are having a stellar day at Destination Better, which is a lot of times, we say it's going to be a <laughs> boom, boom, shake, shake the room day. day. <laughs> Party. I tell stuff. you, it's so great to have you, JLD. You have inspired literally thousands of entrepreneurs, including Janet and I, in the work that you've done. And we so admire the transparency that you have in operating your own company. And that's important now with as we buy products and services about what the companies have in their products and how they operate their businesses and how they communicate that. So we're curious about your own personal buying habits. What type of things do you look for when you make purchases, let's say, for example, with food? When it comes to food, for me, 
I just love the word local. You know, I live down here in Puerto Rico. And for me, like the closer that I can have my food to my hands than to my mouth, the better. So whenever we have like little farmer's markets around here, you know, I just love being a part of that. Something I mentioned to you ladies when we had our strategy call the other day was, you know, if my food still has a little soil, a little dirt <laughs> on it, right. uh-huh. me, that, that means something. That means that, you know, it's real, that it just came from the earth. It hasn't been like over-processed and over-washed and over-sterilized and all that stuff. You know, I've always loved the idea of local honey because mm-hmm. of that process of, you know, you have local honey. So it's from, you know, the pollen that comes from the local area. And so, you know, it can help with allergies and all these different things because, mm-hmm. you know, you're just consuming this local amazing honey. So whenever I see bees floating around, I'm just like, you better be making some local honey. <laughs> and procreating, hopefully. That's right. That's <laughs> yes, right. please. That's right. And on those honey labels too, a lot of times, so we have a lot of citrus in our area. So we have a lot of orange honey. Mm-hmm. And then we've got some invasive species too, Brazilian peppers. And they have found that they're making honey out of Brazilian pepper, like bees that are pollinating. Yeah. Spicy honey. It's really cool. But people love to see that, you know, they love to see. Isn't nature just amazing how it can adapt and adjust and produce. And man, sometimes we just have to A, get out of the way and B, you know, stop putting up impediments in front of it, you know, just like let it go. Well, and the the whole local concept, too, is an opportunity to save carbon emissions because they aren't transporting the the food any farther. So it's in addition to the nutrition, you eat it sooner, so it's got more nutritional value. Yeah. Yeah, And not not to go, like, too too deep down a hole, but, like, being down here in Puerto Rico and just seeing what we have down here, like, one thing that I'm moving towards, you know, when it comes to, like, carbon footprints and just kind of really just living off the land and being autonomous, you know, you just have this opportunity, which you have, of course, pretty much anywhere you live, you know, in a first world country. But, you know, down here in Puerto Rico, like I'm looking to buy the lot next to me so I can start up an organic garden. I'm putting catch basin on my roof so I can start building up a big 2000 gallon water reservoir, start using that water and getting off the local grid of water. I'm installing Tesla solar panels on my roof so that I can be, you know, using the sun's energy and, you know, just all of these things is number one, you know, let's be honest, you never know when that next disaster is oh, coming. For sure. I'm, not, I'm not being a little obnoxious here because mm-hmm. I lived through, you know, Hurricane Maria down here in Puerto Rico. So I know what a Category 5 hurricane can do to an island. And, you know, being prepared for stuff like that is one thing, one reason to do it, but also just, you know, reducing your carbon footprint on the other hand is an amazing reason to do that. So there's a lot of cool things that we can do in this world. So you're a pretty transparent guy about your company, about your personal choices, especially thinking about growing your food. I'm a huge gardener and I like to grow as much as I possibly can and get in the dirt and do all that good stuff. But when you tell that story through your products, Mm -hmm. it gets the eye of consumers like you and and like us too. But a lot of millennials and Gen Zs are looking for these things in their products. They're looking to make sure that the companies that they're purchasing from have a really good, clean supply chain. They're treating their employees well, they're, you know, reducing their carbon footprint, mm-hmm. which I love counting carbon footprints, by the way. <laughs> she loves I do. her favorite four letter word is data. data. <laughs> um, it's awesome, right? 
but they expect it. But there's also a lot of companies that have started mm-hmm. that are now really large companies that started with that in mind. Yeah. So for example, Larabars, are you familiar probably with the Larabars, the, Very. right? Right. So it was based on transparency of just a few ingredients and now has non-GMO and also fair trade, which means that it was used, it was made using fair labor practices and it was made by started by a lady named Lara in her kitchen as an entrepreneur. Yeah. I listened to the How I Built This episode <laughs> was yeah. where she was interviewed. It was so good. It was really great. And so six years after she started it, she sold it to General Mills for $55 million. So Yeah, it's a good return on investment. Say, <laughs> Not too shabby, right? <laughs> so as you think about products like that, so now when people buy the Lara Bar, they can see on there it says non-GMO and fair trade certified. So how do you think it's an opportunity for entrepreneurs to incorporate that type of social and environmental responsibility into the products that they're developing or maybe their existing products and services? I mean, I think you have already brought up a good word that I think is worth touching upon right now, again, which is millennials. You know, in a lot of different ways, millennials get a bad rap where they're like, you know, quote unquote, entitled and like nose in the phone and, you know, you fill in the blank, et cetera. But on the other hand, you know, you know, whether that all is true or not, you know, who knows. But on the other hand, one thing that is very true is as a generation, they're just priorities are different. Like they really care more about certain things than other past generations have. Like, I love talking to millennials that are just like, you know, they are focused on, you know, where are things coming from? Like, what kind of footprint does it have? Like, yes, they are willing to actually pay a premium on something when they know that the right practices are being employed. Like, you know, they they love that transparency and they know that they have access to the internet to actually see, you know, what is the process, you know, like, Way back in the day, nobody really knew that Nike was, you know, quote unquote, having this child labor, you know, that was just like exploiting all these things just because, you know, th- there just wasn't this flat level of, of information and education. But man, like these millennials can just tap a keyboard and boom, they can have access to everything. And so, you know, companies like Larabar and other companies like that, you know, they know that, hey, like there's a very strong buying population of this generation that is going to demand that we do right, you know, by our workers, by our ingredients, by the carbon footprint, by our, by our mission, by our message, because that's what they like. They like to be able to bite that Larabar and know that what they're eating, you know, is, is, has been done the right way. You know, it has the right process behind it. And that's the thing that I've just found over and over again. You know, I'm like on that upper crest that is like the oldest millennial or the youngest Gen Xer. Like I'm, I'm I right love it. there. Okay. I'm right there. Like, you know, depending on who you talk to, like right. on the birth date, whatever. So like I kind of straddle the two Gen X and millennial. And I can tell you that I've seen it with my friends as well. Like it's just a reprioritizing of spending, like, you know, less on this, more on what's, you know, right. What is, you know, the, the just the right practices and what's happening there. What kind of effect do you think or do you see happening with that mindset with the, and you've interviewed thousands of people, thousands of successful entrepreneurs, what kind of effect do you see that having on our up and coming startups, even businesses that have maybe been in business for a few years or doing really well and they're like, man, we need to, you know, we need to make some small little changes here and we're really going to take off. I think it's a ripple effect. And I've always loved that word ripple effect because I kind of feel like it's 
somebody, you know, casts a stone over here in this in this pool, and then just the ripple from that, you know, is affecting the entire surface as it goes out against, you know, it's kind of echoing in eternity, so to speak. And so, you know, now you're having these companies that are seeing and having success stories of companies like Larabar or, you know, like Tom Shoes and different companies like that, you know, that have come out and, and, and stated things that make no, like, baseline economical sense. Like, it doesn't make, like, straight economical sense to give a pair of shoes away every single time you sell a pair of shoes. Like, that's not how you maximize profit. But at the same time, it's the longer game of think of all of that free publicity and media and goodwill and just overall awesomeness that it can, I mean, my mother now, you know, will go specifically buy Tom shoes because she just has a smile on her face knowing that as they're ringing her up at the cash register, she's literally picturing somebody in like Africa putting on a brand new pair of shoes. Like she's literally picturing that. And that's an amazing thing. And so now these companies have some precedents they can go to and say, you know what? It doesn't make like complete financial sense if we're looking to just maximize profits today and tomorrow. But if we're looking to maximize the overall brand and being a long-term profitable company, this is the right way to go. We couldn't agree more. In fact, yeah. it's such a great opportunity to leave a legacy. So in addition to entrepreneurs wanting to make a lot of money, usually, right, when they start up, it's an opportunity to make an impact and a legacy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things that the funny that we were going to talk to you about Tom shoes today. So we are completely, (laughs) when you said it, I was like, wait, did you, did you know that? Did you know that? Um, but yeah, Tom shoes, because I think that we get, we're focused on, on really understanding in businesses. And we do this every day in our destination better business is that companies will come to us and say, what do we do? And a lot of those companies are very different. One could be a Larabar type company. One could be a service only professional services company. One could be a tech company. They all, everybody turns on a light, right? Everybody's, you know, has some sort of environmental impact. So for us to figure out what those are, the environmental and social components of their business, where they can do better. But what happens at the end of the day is that people really want to leave a legacy, which is one of the reasons they started their company in the first place. Right. Like you, because I was thinking last (laughs) night when Barbara and I were chatting about this, is that the backbone of our U.S. economy and the growing economies around the world as we have growing middle classes and access to education and information is small and medium businesses and startups. So if you could move the needle a tiny bit, you JLD, you and influence just a bit and influence some of those entrepreneurs to say, you know what? We do need to bake this into our company. We know they're going to be more profitable. We know their reputation is going to go through the roof. Maybe they'll get into the scope of a company that's out looking to buy them out or something like that. But I think that you could have a really talking about legacy. I think you could make a remarkable difference in the world. Well, I receive that. I hear exactly what you're saying. And I think you are right. I think that there's a super opportunity to number one, not just highlight companies that are that are doing those practices, but even more so highlight why it does make sense and why it does make business and mm-hmm. economical sense to do that. Because you know, you can say that, you know, you're bringing goodwill and all these things, which you are doing, but there are always going to be businesses and some people who just need to know more. And that's fine too, because, you know, everybody has their own way of running a business. So 
if you can really paint that whole picture and really share, not just like because they want to do good, you know, just because mm-hmm. they want to be better, because that is an important and serious component that they're doing. But there's also the secondary thing of, hey, we're being better and we're doing good, but it's also like making us a better, stronger business overall mm-hmm. as well. And it's opening up opportunities that we wouldn't have otherwise had. It's giving us so much, you know, millions of dollars of free media that we wouldn't have. I mean, look at us right now talking about Tom's Shoes and Larabar. Mm-hmm. You, you actually held it up right there. <laughs> Want to eat a Larabar? <laughs> they didn't pay a cent for that. But because they're doing good, because mm-hmm. they're focused on the right things, people like yourselves who are growing massively in number and me, you know, are now talk, having a conversation about these companies and it's just unbelievable free media for them. So that just adds another reason why to do it. I mean, you know, we already have the obvious reasons. Now it just starts to stack up. And now before you know it, it's just like, man, you have to do this mm-hmm. if you want to be relevant in this world. Because mm-hmm. otherwise people are going to be comparing, well, does, does X company, you know, do this? And if the answer is no, then, well, okay. I mean, why would, you know, if all things are equal, why would I not go with just the better company? Right. And in addition to that, there's a, from the boomers perspective, there's a huge wall of wealth that's going to be transferred to the boomers and the Gen Xers too. And they're very interested in this. Mm-hmm. 15 to $20 trillion. Wow. It's a coming a huge toward, towards companies that are, socially and environmentally responsible, that is that estimated investment number that's coming in the next uh, 10 to 20 years based and on that's that. that's why what you guys are doing right here, like planting these seeds is mm-hmm. so critical because now people are listening and watching this and getting the message, you know, and as that starts to kind of trickle down to them and then come in the deluge, you know, they've already got this thought formed of like, wow, I want, I know the kind of company that I want to build you know, based off of just the truth that I've heard from shows, you know, like Destination Better and Entrepreneurs on Fire. That's right. Yep. So I know we've got uh, just another few seconds. So tell uh, for our audience how folks can reach you and Entrepreneurs on Fire. Well, all the magic happens for us at eofire.com. We really pride ourselves with offering a ton of free value, free content. We have free courses on coming up with your big idea so that you mm-hmm. can have your big idea, which hopefully includes... We've used that. We've done it. <laughs> We've used <laughs> it. Is that what, why we're here? What you do. I have a free course on podcasting, a free course on creating funnels. You know, these are all just completely free courses that myself and Kate have spent time creating to help you get better at doing what it is you do. So hopefully you can have that big ripple effect in the world. And of course, the podcast Entrepreneurs on Fire is where you can get some uh, great knowledge and uh, it was great chatting with you ladies today you know i can't endorse what you're doing enough i think it's phenomenal and i'm just proud to be a part of it well thanks jld and we are doing what we're doing and the steps we're taking in large part because of your influence so thank you for what you've done for the industry thank you so much all right thanks have a great day bye-bye wow that was really fun and i thought it was really informative too and i think we kind of saw a little bit behind the scenes of jld and and really what he thinks about things and that was super fun for us as we said he's kind of a celebrity in our world and so we appreciate him taking the time and he talks in his podcast about value bombs and he dropped a number of value <laughs> bombs. And I think, uh, and we wanted to go over a few of those. I think one that really resonated with us is you have to do this if you want to be relevant in this world, right? Absolutely. Also, uh, millennials as a generation just have different priorities. Their spending habits are different. Their ability to 
um, investigate a company very, very quickly to find out if what you're claiming you're doing socially and environmentally to be responsible is actually true and whether or not they're going to spend money with you. Yeah. He talked about the ripple effect for entrepreneurs. And there's so many entrepreneurs out there that if you think about it, it's all those small ones, small ripple effects, and it adds up to a lot. Um, and he talks about how the companies that have made this commitment are having a lot of success. So it's great to model after those. It's not like it's not a uh, uncharted territory, right? That's right. And in the short term, it may not make strong uh, or straight economical sense to maximize profits, but the longer game. He talked a lot about that, about the additional publicity, the media, the millions of, of dollars in media that companies can get, the goodwill. And I loved his his actual um, saying was, overall awesomeness is the payoff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love, love it. I love it. Um, JLDC's why it does make business um, and economic sense just to be responsible, mm-hmm. just not to be better and do good. It also just makes a better, stronger business. And it opens up tons of opportunities for entrepreneurs um, that they wouldn't have had. And talk about, we talked about this with JLD, is that just a ton of free media and publicity mm-hmm. and people that are out there that want to share your story about your company and all the great things it's doing. That's right. And when Janet and I started this uh, Creating Responsible Companies podcast, one thing that we are driven to do is make a difference and really make an impact. And we know that small and medium-sized companies are really the backbone, really, of the global economy. And so we want to be the go-to resource for entrepreneurs and for small and medium-sized businesses. And so that's why we offer a number of different programs like one-on-one mentoring. We have group coaching sessions and um, even mastermind sessions, right? Yeah. There is nothing like getting in a room of people um, to talk through your business problems and talk through your aspirations, people to hold you accountable, people to share your successes with, especially when you're incorporating environmental and social responsibility into your business and your communications. It is so much fun. Yeah. We have a lot of fun with it. And so um, we've got some resources on our website. If you go to destinationbetter.com slash JLD for John Lee Dumas, um, you'll see those there. We also uh, are available on social media if you want to um, hit us up there uh, or on our hello tab. You can leave us a voice message. You can send us an email. Um, just reach out to us. And if you want to join one of the groups that we've got going, we'd love to have you because like Janet said, there's nothing better to push you than a fellow entrepreneur and also to learn from each other in different industries and things that have worked for them. So we'd love to have you. So thanks for listening to this. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And JLD, he was great. And we sure appreciate his time. Thank you for listening to the Creating Responsible Companies podcast. Find tools and additional episodes on our website, destinationbetter.com. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover, leave a voice message on our contact page. Don't worry, Barbara and Janet aren't millennials. They actually listen to voicemails. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. 